I feel conflicted. I feel conflicted. I don't want to see that. I feel conflicted. I don't need to see that. I don't want. I don't need to. I don't want. I don't need to see that. I don't want to see that. I don't need to see that. Okay, welcome back to episode eight of Countdown to the Comeback. Countdown to the Comeback. Countdown. I am Miss Jenny. And I'm Miss Marcy. And we are glad that you're back as we are sitting down to talk about episode eight, Valerie Relaxes in Palm Springs. Yes, I loved that episode so much. It was such a good episode. We saw Mark's tushy. We did see Mark's tushy. <laughs> we finally saw the lady butt. And I, it is it is a little uh it's very uh uh lady butt? It is. I was thinking of you when I saw the lady butt and I was <laughs> I, I will He's never got some junk in his trunk. I also have to say that I have seen Damien Young in multiple places since we started rewatching these. I really? was just Trying to remember, I saw him in some bit part on something on television, but he's also in Birdman. Just took me out of the movie for a minute, which what was he? You know, is really hard because Birdman is so amazing. Amazing. Uh, he was one of uh, journalists that was interviewing him. Yeah, I was. Wow. I was so drawn in. It was earlier in the episode, or in you the didn't episode. expect to see that. I didn't see. Yeah, I didn't expect to see that. And I was pleasantly surprised to see that. I mean, so Damien you know I was everywhere. excited to see last night. What? The promo for episode one of season two. I haven't seen it. I've seen like little bits and pieces and I'm a little nervous too. Oh my gosh. It looks so funny. I'm so excited. Polly G's a lot older. There, Do you know what it's about? I, I don't. I don't. I don't. Should we talk about it? I think we could, because oh. the promos are out already. Okay, well, tell me. And somebody might be listening to this before they, after they've seen the new sure, one. Sure, but here's my only hesitance. Not because I care, obviously. Okay. I, but if somebody is listening to this, and let's say, even though it started airing, let's say they're listening to this and it's already airing, like, episode two of season two, but they don't know yet how season one ends. You're right. Does it, I don't know if it... Is it a clean No, oh, okay. it's uh, um, I don't think it has anything to do with that. Actually, it's it it's it has nothing to do with how the season ended. Oh, okay. So then, what do you? Because it's called Valerie gets a pilot. The pilot she shows up, and the pilot is written by Polly G. It's for HBO, and it's all about Polly G's experience with an aging, controlling sitcom actress. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> right. Oh. Personal. Personal moments. We loved it. Valerie goes to Palm Springs. Yes. Uh, so last we've seen Valerie and the crowd in, in episode seven, which was Aunt Sassy gets a very special episode, right? Wasn't that? I think it was a very special episode. Well, yes. Yeah. Right? Well, last we left off is when the show was shut down to be retold. Yes. Exactly. At the end of it... They shut that shit down. Room and board has been temporarily stopped 
to retool. So Valerie's got some time on her hands and we start this episode with Valerie and Mark in the driveway loading up a brand new Lincoln Navigator. Lincoln Mercury Navigator. You know that because the Lincoln Navigator man is plays very strongly in this entire episode. And Mark is very interested at first in what is the catch, and she's sure there's no catch. Just they've given them this car. That they've given them this car for because of, of the just to be on the comeback to have the car on the comeback. Mark loads his golf clubs into the trunk, and Valerie thinks it's a great idea, and he should go get hers. <laughs> and he did not look happy about that. But she did because she's got some great outfits. She said she's got some <laughs> and really cute clubs. Yeah, she's got right. She's got cute clubs and an outfit, and she's all ready to do her bit. He goes to get them, and Bill from Lincoln Mercury shows up and introduces himself to Jane, and we realize that this press rep for Lincoln Mercury is along for the ride. Hi, Bill Hartwick, press rep, Lincoln Hi. Mercury. Bill Hartwick. Press rep, Lincoln Mercury. Bill Hartwick, press rep, Lincoln Mercury. Beautiful day for a drive. Next, we are in the Lincoln Navigator, and Mark and Valerie are on their way. Well, first they have to figure out who's going to be in the car with them. So I think Jane's in the back seat. Right. The cameraman. First she says, we're going to, at first she was going to give them the ride to relax. You know, we'll follow you, but then... I think the, didn't the Lincoln, Mark, Lincoln Mercury guy say, no, no, we've got, we've got to be in the car. We have to get some shots of the car. I wasn't sure. I'm not sure whether or not he said, but I know that we learned very quickly that he's got to be in the car. And he is looking forward to the trip. The rest of them, well, Mark and Valerie look as if this is news to them that Bill is coming along. And not only is he coming along, but yes, we find out within seconds as the story unfolds that bill is actually in the car with them this car handles real well could you say the navigator handles real well i'm sorry when you say something about the car could you mention the name like uh, the navigator has comfortable seats or the navigator has individual seat warming or cooling controls yeah okay everything that they are discussing he has something to say and wants them to bring it back to how excellent the Lincoln Navigator is. Yeah. He actually has them retake lines they've said. So and we just see Mark grow more and more irritated. Yes. It is a really nice car, though. That Lincoln Navigator I moves think, really nicely. Yeah. I like the leather seats. I like the self-warming leather seats. It handles beautifully. <laughs> I think Logan... Jenny, could you say the Lincoln Navigator handles The Lincoln Navigator handles beautifully. That's fantastic. Valerie is also starting off in high spirits because Mark, as far as she presents to us, has put his life on hold because he can tell she's kind of bummed because they're retooling it. So this is a trip he's put his work on hold so that they can go and have this relaxing weekend in Palm Springs. They're in the car, and he's a little bit amused at first by Bill and thinks it's kind of funny, but like you said, you can see how old it gets really fast. Not long after they get in the car, they receive a call, or Valerie receives a call from Joe, her agent, and he tells them on the speakerphone that room and board has officially been shut down for the retooling and he tells her that 
they are, quote, refocusing to chase the youth, uh, unquote. Yeah, everyone's happy with what you're doing, but they think that last episode went off track. In their words, they're refocusing to chase the youth. Well, I'll tell you one thing that is chasing the youth away. It's that running suit they put me in. You know, Joe? Oh, call Andy. <laughs> I've never felt younger than looking at that running suit because I, I wouldn't I be caught. Thank God it's not me in that is all I think. I wouldn't be caught at Costco in that. Personal. Personal moments. Um, I've worn worse to Costco. <laughs> I feel that when you're going to Costco... You just you need to you need to dress for success, and success at Costco is a good shoe, <laughs> a comfortable pant that expands for the samples, for example. Maybe the most picnicking, as my mom yes. calls it. You just kind of I know so. people who go on an empty stomach and just eat their way around the samples. <laughs> like a whole meal can be obtained in one trip to Costco, Absolutely. just from eating the samples. So you're right, the expandable <laughs> pants would definitely be a bonus and would make a running suit. I, I think I was totally off in saying Costco. Uh, I wouldn't be caught at the Ivy in a, <laughs> in a running suit like that. Except maybe on Halloween, if you were dressing as Valerie Jarrett. Oh. That next oh, year. next we year. Just, Halloween is just over. I'm too short. I'm way too short to be Valerie Cherish for Halloween. <laughs> Then after Joe has told Valerie that room and board is officially off, which she already knew, and she clarifies that they'd already been told, she goes on to say something else to him, but for some reason he's not there, and it's not clear whether he's hung up or they've lost the connection, but I like to think he's hung up because pretty much any time she's on the phone with her agent or one of the producers, she gets hung up on. Remember with the contract signing oh, at the beginning? Yes. There's been a couple of different things. They just don't have time for her. Valerie hands Mark the phone, defiantly telling him not to let her take any more calls about the show or any more calls. They're on vacation. She makes a big show of it. Says, showbiz stops right now. And she wants to put music on in the car. And she is listing all the different oldies that they have sort of the yacht rock collection what was the one she totally mispronounced uh mary j bilge yeah mary j bilge <laughs> and then somebody it was a jane or jane or mark said, i think maybe it's jane says mary j blige and she says she says yes mary j blige you were wrong or says something she always <laughs> right she, Whenever she gets something wrong, she repeats it in the correct way and then blames the other person for saying it the wrong way. <laughs> it does. My dad does that. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think he, my father does it defiantly. Like, John Hamm is always John Hammond. Personal. Personal moments. <laughs> always that way. And now I find myself, as I'm getting older, I'm doing it sort of like Melamar. I can't say Mel and Ackerman consistently I won't be able to say it in like five minutes so it's gotta be but you said it then I did so strongly I did I owned it maybe it's just the acting teacher in you that's That's bringing something up we're recording from an acting studio today we are we are in the middle of the beautiful lobby at the actors circle Marcy's in Culver City Marcy's (laughs) business in Culver City where all the magic happens and it's a good space I think we're getting good sound I hope we're getting good sound. Good sound, good sound moment. 
personal. Personal moments. So they can't play music in the car because the, the show can't afford to license it. And Valerie and Mark look very disappointed. Mark wants to know what they're going to do for the next two hours. So they've got two hours without music in the car, and Valerie's phone starts ringing. And that's pretty much the end of that scene. He doesn't hand her the phone, but you can tell this is going to get annoying. There are so many moments in this episode where Mark is just mm, so annoyed. Yeah. They are all working Mark's last nerve. Everything that happens. They arrive in Palm Springs, and as they're pulling up, they need to redo it again for the camera as the valets are coming out. But Bill, the Lincoln Mercury guy, <laughs> insists that they come back and do it again because it's not exactly what he wants uh, out front of Parker Palm Springs, where they are going to stay. There, again, Mark is looking very annoyed, as Marcy just pointed out, that he continually is it's, it's ramping up. Each scene that Mark is in, there's another level of annoyance for him. They admire all the remodeling being done to the lobby. And you can tell it's been a little while since they've been there. But the vibe has changed. And oh, it's, that lobby was hilarious. Fur everywhere. It reminds me of the standard back at that time. And I'm not sure if the standard is still like that. But I don't go there anymore. I used to go there all the time. I know. I remember going when Morty Coyle was spinning there. I used to go there with he who shall remain unmentioned. Voldemort. Yes. <laughs> Rossi lived with the dark, with the dark lord. <laughs> I did. We've but all... it kept me very thin. <laughs> remember how thin I was? Well, you are on edge. <laughs> <laughs> I need, I be mean to me. I need to, I need to lose a little weight. So, we noticed the lobby has been remodeled, and the crowd looks much younger. And it's much to, younger. It's hard to know whether the place has changed or whether they've just gotten older. Or have they outaged the place, and it's just sort of kept up with the age range that it came to? And and you know, it was just another one of those moments where. Oh, your heart just hurts for them, you know? She, I loved, I'm, I'm so sorry, but in the promo for the new one, one of the things they said is one, the most poignantly funny sitcom on television. And I thought that was like the perfect, perfect description of it. Okay. It is poignant. It is very poignant. And prescient. <laughs> <laughs> if I may acquiesce. My prescient. Acquiesce. That's the new prescient. So, that was a really weird golem, Jenny. I, who, mine or yours? Mine was beautiful. Yeah, no, I wasn't doing... Yours I was, was throaty. I don't really do The Hobbit. <laughs> Jenny's not as geeky as I am. No, I'm very geeky. Well, I'm I've just, I've just missed, I missed that. I'm, for whatever reason, I was never into that. I guess maybe my sister really wasn't well even if my sister was I wouldn't have been I just never I wasn't a reader I didn't I I was I smart was, in other ways I didn't read because everybody in my family read and it was sort of my rebellion was right. I was more interested in doing and that's funny because you read so much I now. do I do but it's been hard learning how to really sit down and concentrate on a book when it's so much easier to watch an episode of the comeback yay <laughs> The next morning, Valerie heads out to the pool, 
and she's looking for space and there's no empty chairs except for some young blonde chippy is sitting there holding a whole line of chairs for her friends who happen to be in the room next door to Valerie's as she points out but all of the little blonde chippy's friends are taking a nap and they've they've taken the two chairs that are supposed to belong to Val because there's a chairs for every room technically like two you would think that there'd be some sort of but she's taken them this girl's taken them Valerie suggests that the girl could take the other empty chairs that are across that are in the sun but the chippy actually says, no, you have to get up early, and you can go and take those. And... I'm laughing that you call her a chippy. <laughs> just calling her a chippy. What else is she? The dogs have big feelings about the blonde being called a chippy. Especially Kiki. So, so Valerie makes it clear that she is very pale, that she's a very pale redhead and older, and it's not a good idea for her to be sitting out in the sun. Which she gets very little sympathy from the chippy, although the chippy does say she can have one and she'll move her iPod, which is holding a one whole of the chair. Yes, her, she's a whole, her iPod has its own chaise. Mark comes out, she waves him over, and they head over to the chairs in the sun and they have to pass a producer who is in the pool making out with some girl. He's on the phone with a cigar. No, it was really funny when he was making out with the girl and they walked by and and Valerie's like, Jane, did you get that? Did you get that? She goes, I don't want to see that. And now she's at the point now where she's laughing at herself. Right. Saying her, I don't want to see that in real life. Like she's, she laughs at herself and then she looks at Jane like, look at me, I can be funny. Which also makes me think that even if it doesn't become her catchphrase on Room and Board, it's going to be her comeback. It's going to be her the comeback catchphrase. It actually is the comeback. Yeah. I think we've only seen one episode in which we were both really sad so far that she didn't use it. I know. But it is here and it's there and it satisfies right off the bat. Well, I read the new revisions. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page budget wise. The studio, they're just not happy. I don't want to hear that. Oh, let it go, Val. Decide what you want to eat. Oh, I know what I want. Okay, well, we'll eat something, and then we'll squeeze in nine holes. All right. Oh, great. Here comes a cigar. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> That's a good cigar. Is it? Yeah, that reminds me. You know who we should see while we're here? Who? Don and Donna Franklin. You know, Jane, that could be fun. We should have them on the show. <laughs> have them for dinner or something. He used to work with Mark, and she is quite a character. <laughs> you know, real big personality. Tons of fun. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Tries to sell us on it. How much fun it's going to be. Don and Donna. They're a kick. The, yeah. The, they're fun. She is a very big personality, right? Donna is just very alive. Big personality. And I think Valerie really wants people to see that she has friends. Right. And maybe see her in the way that Mark sees her, too. I mean, right. he talked about in the other episode, a couple episodes back, about how much more fun it is when she's around and... We've talked about her sort of being the trophy bride, and this all shows that she has another job besides actress, and that's hostess and support person and friend to Don and Donna Franklin and others. I I do love, I just, you know, I I keep meaning to point this out, but I, I thought it was really brilliant that they gave her a good marriage, because otherwise the show would be too sad. Like, the show would be too much, you know? But the fact that she has that marriage makes all the sad stuff. You go, oh, but you like you know she's gonna be okay. You know, yeah. There is that 
idea in writing comedy, especially sitcoms, that even if somebody is chaotic everywhere in their life, there has to be one place in which they're grounded. Like, they're really good at their job. They could be terrible at relationships. Their marriage could be falling apart. They could be selfish, but they're really good at their job. Or they're not great at their job, but they've got a solid marriage. Or they're a good parent. Just like you said, there's got to be something that makes you root for them, connect to them, and that doesn't just make it difficult to watch. Right. Like... Curb Your Enthusiasm is one of those shows that is difficult for me to watch it sometimes. Is. I love it. I love it. But I know sometimes I'm like, ah, uh, ah. It was really hard for me when it got to the point where they were getting a divorce. Yeah, me too. Because I was really rooting for Larry and Cheryl. I don't know what the character's name was. It could have been Cheryl. I think it was. Wasn't it Cheryl? I think it was a lot of times in, those, yeah. in this style of show, they call them by their actual name. Right. So... So, yeah, I'm totally with you on that. I love the marriage between them. So she also finds out that at 7 a.m., people start claiming the chairs because she wants to prepare to be out there in the morning to get her chairs, and the chippy tells her they've got to get out at 7 a.m. Then we're out on the golf course with Mark and Valerie. And she has got quite a snappy little outfit on. She does. I love it. It's totally something I would wear. It reminded me of when Lucy and Ethel went golfing with Ricky and Fred. Did they have outfits like that? Did you, yeah, they totally And Ricky and Fred didn't want them to go. So they decided they would make up this really this fake golf game that was really hard and made no sense to trick Lucy and Ethel into not wanting to be there. You don't remember that episode? It was amazing. I do feel like I've seen it. And then Lucy and Ethel decided they were going to teach someone else how to play golf, and they taught them Ricky and Fred's game. But anyway, they were wearing outfits very similar to that. She had the little argyle sweater vest and the khakis, and she's very into it. She's posing for the cameras as Mark is showing her how his arms wrapped around her from behind, and she's really playing it up. She's got the scarf in her hair. As Mickey would say, very that girl. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Fuck. What, Mark? That was good. No. It wasn't. No. Could you, um, come over here and just take this? Sorry. Could you get the cameras out of here? Why are you so upset, Mark? See, I don't want them filming this. We have a camera in the bedroom, but this is where you draw the line. This I- is the cell phone goes off, which craps out his shot, and he's embarrassed that that's what the TV crew caught and wants to do it again. And we see his ego come through here, too. He says something about himself. He's usually a better shot. and Oh, he was, yeah, really upset about that. And so he sets it up again, does it again. It's a better shot, and then he says, now go. He just, yeah, but he did want that better shot on camera. Absolutely. Like, don't. Don't just let that be my legacy. So she takes the cart and he goes on. They also found, find out that Don and Donna are available for dinner. That's what the phone call was. So the phone call was the Actually for him. You for, know? Yeah. So we are waiting for Don and Donna in the lobby. It's later, early evening, I suppose. Mark and Valerie are sitting in these hanging basket chairs waiting for Don and Donna to meet with them and then go to dinner. Marky Mark, how do you like that chair? You know, it's pretty comfortable. It's not quite as comfortable as the seats in the Navigator. <laughs> Hi. 
Bill Hartwig, press rep, Lincoln Mercury. Bill Hartwig, press rep, Lincoln Mercury. Bill Hartwig, press rep, Lincoln Mercury. Beautiful day for a drive. When Don and Donna, otherwise known as the Double Ds, which Donna, very excited. Donna jiggles her boobies all the time. To make any time she makes a joke, boom, her hands are under her boobs. Very high and proud. Yes. And they just decide that they're going to stay there at the resort and eat dinner. You can see Valerie, the theory, the idea of Don and Donna, or or more specifically, the idea of Donna and her big personality and how great it's going to be on TV is fantastic in its abstractness. But when it's a reality, it's a little bit much for her. And Donna is loud and proud and making jokes about her double D's and them being the double D's she, and I have them to being say old. with Donna she's the I we have friends like that like they're embarrassing in restaurant friends and they, she, I would have been embarrassed by her they have no she has no filter mm-hmm. it's similar to a friend we were actually discussing earlier yeah we definitely know people like that and they are very lively and if you are not in the mood or in certain situations, it might not be what you want. Or certain like, restaurants. Like, yes, I can be that way sometimes, but I, I think that I know when to not be. I hope. Maybe not. Jenny's looking. There was a hesitation there, Jenny. There right. Was a hesitation. Of course, Martin. No, of course. <laughs> We're going to be very different when we are dining at Junior's than we are now at, Lenny's. <laughs> than we would be if we were dining at the Ivy. Yes. Personal. Personal moments. Don offers a cigar to Mark. Mark looks happy as a pig in shit. He's finally at least got a little bit of... Oh, a little something, something. He's got something. He's got a friend. He's forgetting about Bill, the Lincoln Mercury guy. Hi. Bill Hartwig. Press rep. Lincoln Hi. Mercury. Bill Hartwig. Press rep. Lincoln Mercury. Hi. Bill Hartwig. Press rep. Lincoln Mercury. Hi. Beautiful day for a drive. And... Before the end of the scene, Donna brought brings up her cancer. The double D's, Donna and Don and Mark and Valerie are at dinner, and the obnoxious producer from the pool, who had been on the phone smoking the cigar with the girl hanging off of him, is sitting at the dinner table with a bunch of people and on the phone talking full voice, all Hollywood talk. Same shit we were hearing at the pool. And Valerie is very passively, aggressively, but for us for her dinner guests and for the cameras of the comeback commenting on how they can't get away from it. No, and she kept staring at him like everybody else was trying to have a conversation. And he had she had her chair turned and she was just staring at him. Well, he's a producer. I know. She's an actor and while there's that... she was trying to figure out maybe what he's producing. Exactly. While she's at once saying she thinks it's so obnoxious at the same time she's not doing anything about it, but Donna turns around and tells the guy pretty straightforward to shut it down. You know, that, that would be a nice idea if I was oh, a moron, right. but I'm not, and I cannot make this movie yeah, for that amount of money. He's doing it all afternoon at the pool, and now he's doing it at dinner. I, you want me to say no. something? No, no, it's not. Hey, me. Mr. Hollywood, hold it down. The geriatric set is trying to talk. <laughs> there. Done. Yeah. You know, before the cancer, I would have just sat here and fumed. But now... You didn't know I had cancer. I know, I didn't. It was in our holiday newsletter. Oh, who really reads those things, right? I mean, it's not about my family. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Ah, relax, Valerie. I'm fine now. 
And I got to keep both my tits. The producer, kid, man, guy, looks like he actually respects the fact that Donna's called him out and that there's sort of like a little, hey, all right, kind of moment between them. And he does. He gets off the phone and then Bill from Lincoln Mercury pops in. How's your evening going? Hi. 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 Bill Hartwick, I gave them their navigator. And I think the reason that at that point why Mark was so upset is because it was embarrassing because he went, I gave them a car, which totally just chopped off Mark's penis. I didn't think about it like that, but I think you're right. It yeah, must be very, very emasculating. Like, look at uh, this beautiful car. Like, I gave them this car. They came down in the car I gave them. And I don't think they're going to get to keep that car. Do you think they're going to get to keep that car? I don't know. We'll find out. Hi. Bill Hartwick. Press rep. Lincoln Hi. Mercury. Bill Hartwick. Press rep. Lincoln Mercury. Hi. Bill Hartwick. Press rep. Lincoln Mercury. Uh, beautiful day for a drive. It's 2 a.m. and they are in the hotel room and... Valerie is doing her private testimonial as Mark is asleep in the bed, passed out, because not only did they have some drinks with dinner, but Valerie informs us that he's taken a sleeping pill. There is a raging party next door, the Chippy and her friends, the ones we haven't met yet because they were napping, but that she was saving the chairs for, are partying it up. And Valerie can't sleep. It, I thought he said it was the Hollywood producer. I think Valerie said the Hollywood producer was having the party. I just thought that it was the people next door. Oh, she said that producer. Oh, maybe maybe they were all together. Maybe. Maybe they were maybe the chippies part of the producer's Ch- producers posse. Producers like chippies. That's true. I believe that the chippy could be part of the producer's posse. And that's a lot Can of you p- say p- producers posse. Three the times. producers posse, producers posse. If, if you say it three times <laughs> into a mirror, <laughs> you're gonna say pussy. Daniel Zanuck <laughs> appears. <laughs> it's not Daniel Zanuck. <laughs> Daryl. Daryl Zanuck. <laughs> John Hammond. I do the same thing as my father does. Mary J. Bilge. Mary J. Bilge and Daniel Zanuck. <laughs> my mom does that too. I think my mind trips over itself. So Valerie wants to go to sleep as well, but unfortunately she doesn't want to take a sleeping pill because she needs to get up early to save... That's all, like, she's, that's her big plan in life. God damn it, she's going to save those lawn chairs. I mean, the chaise lounges. She's going to get up early and get the pool chairs, and you're right. She refers to the neighbors as the producers and some kind of a party. She said, someone doesn't know how to leave work behind and simply relax, and she's referring to the neighbors, which I find ironic because she herself is working doing the testimony at the exact same time. Very surreptitiously, as if she doesn't think she's doing it in front of the camera, she takes a sleeping pill. We see her take one, and that's the end of that scene. She's determined to go to sleep. She puts her hand down under where she thinks the camera slips it in her mouth. As if we don't notice. The next morning, Jane is pounding on the door, waking them up. It's 10.30 a.m., much to Valerie's horror. It's like, we missed it. We missed it. And that's when you saw Mark's tushy. There are no chairs at the pool. There are no chairs left at the pool, Mark. That's it. That's it. There are no chairs. The whole day is ruined. All right. I don't know. We're screwed. The day is ruined. Okay, we'll be out. We'll be out in a second. Mark ass naked to the sky. And Valerie, in a very hyperbolic, dramatic way, the whole day is ruined. Everything is ruined because she didn't get those pool chairs. Which is a little odd because 
not like she needs to get a tan. I mean, obviously she wants to be in the I know, because when she, yeah. She just wants what she thinks is the best, always, or what is the coolest. Right, and she wants to be treated like the star she is yes. and have... and no one ever does. Nobody does, and she wants to relax in Palm Springs. Yeah. Like the title tells us. So she doesn't get those chairs, but next we see her hanging out with Donna, who's come to hang out at the pool Which with her. Which is so funny, because in the, in, the, in the thing before, when, when Donna was being embarrassing, she goes... You know, I don't know her that well. <laughs> right, she was distancing herself. Yeah, and now suddenly with the ca- it's like the cancer, now she feels like she has to be best friends with her. I also think that Mark is probably off golfing with Dawn, and so yeah. they just were thinking Donna will just hang out at the pool with her. I like Donna. This I like Donna, too. Donna starts encouraging Valerie to talk to the kids about the ca- the chair and... Advises her that leaving the negative feelings bottled up are going to make her sick. The anger will make her sick. Valerie, we don't know each other very well, but can I say something? Sure. You have to stop worrying so much about what people think. Okay. Like like that. You keep looking at the camera trying to control how this is all coming across. Oh, I'm not. No, I'm not trying to control. You can't control life, Val. Hell, you can't even control what chair you get by the pool. Who cares what people think? You gotta love yourself. Warts and all. She should take off the sarong and get into the pool. And we see there are topless chippies, not just the blonde chippy that we've been talking about, but other multiple chippies. And brunette chippies. I don't know if a brunette can be a chippy, but... Well, I think maybe so. Maybe she's a bippy. I, I think I was a bippy. A did brippy. You, did you go topless at a pool? I have been topless wow. at a pool, but not in public. <laughs> I, I don't have yours or Malin Ackerman's breasts. Oh, but see, I wouldn't go topless at a pool because I'd be oh. afraid I'd put somebody's eyes out. <laughs> She's not the Mine tic- unfurl. <laughs> it's like the red carpet. They're inviting all, all to come and visit. Personal. Personal moments. There are shots of around the pool with topless sunbathers, and Donna takes hers off. At the same time, she's saying that Valerie needs to stop worrying so much about what people think. And like Jimmy, Donna's speaking truth to her. And in kind of a very fun, loving, non-judgmental way, she's just sort of putting it out there. Like, you're going to make yourself sick. And of course, talking about the cancer. After the cancer, she just knows you can't leave it bottled up. But Valerie is... Obviously a little bit uncomfortable with all this nakedness, and she gets up and she can't stay. There was a lot of nudity in that episode. There was. We had little little bits and pieces, and maybe it's part of HBO retooling the comeback. We need more boobs. Next, we are with Valerie as she's taking the comeback crew walking around town, downtown Palm Springs, and she's showing off the statue of the former mayor, Sonny Bono. And as that happens, people are approaching her, asking for where the statue of Sonny Bono is, which is right in front of her. Next is a beautiful moment while she's out on the town. She's approached by a lovely gay couple. And it makes sense to me that she is loved by gays. Oh, yes. Her gays love her. She's totally a gay icon. Tony and Raul are quick to tell her that she's the best thing on room and board, which makes her absolutely blissful and happy and 
She has fans. You see her just like light up like a Christmas tree. She has found her place. They are commenting on how hilarious the running suit is. They can't wait for the reality show. But in spite of Tony and Raul's incredible enthusiasm for her and her work, they are hesitant to sign the releases. So the footage of her receiving all this admiration and praise may not make it into the comeback. You can see she's a little nervous. She's very heartbroken. Because is it Raul who doesn't as an out to his family? Yeah. Yeah, Raul's not Raul. Who's it? Tony's a little older. Raul's a, Raul's a little younger, and he's not out to his family. And Valerie very selflessly talks him in to basically outing himself on television for his own good. Can I get you to sign a release so we can use you on the comeback? So yes. I, I don't want to be on the show. What's that, Don? I'm sure you do. You're adorable. Don't worry no, about. He's he's not out to his parents yet. Oh. I mean, I keep pushing him and pushing him. They don't even know I come to Palm Springs. Uh-huh. They don't even know about Tony. They'll be like, hi, I'm gay on national TV. Right. Yeah, well, you know, of course, it's Raul's very personal decision, of course. You know, but if I, can I share something with you just today? A friend of mine who recently survived a cancer scare said, you can't worry about what people think. I'm telling him that all the time. Yeah, well, you can't. You know, you have to be who you are. Warts and all. Just, you know. Okay. (laughs) I'll sign. Wow. Good for you. Oh, a nice moment. A nice moment. She parrots. What Donna said to her, right? What Donna just said to her, right. She says, you can't care what people think. You need to let people see who you are, warts and all. And then she goes on to say, or or maybe she even prefaces it by that, like, my friend who has cancer. I believe she does. I just recently heard something. In the end. It's a great quote that she, you know, from the Dalai Lama. Right, she's been to the mountaintop. Yes. And this was the wisdom she received from her guru. Topless Donna at the top. Topless Donna. Topless double D. That that actress was very brave because those were not young girl boobs. No. They were nice though. They were, I mean, she didn't have scars. They were natural. She was... She had them as she well, did. too. No, For a cancer beautiful. survivor, she obviously didn't have them taken away from her. And I got to keep both my tits. So, enough about Donna's boobs. Tony and Raul are very happy as Raul decides that this is this is it. He this is his moment. He this is how his parents are going to find out. He signs the release. Oh god. What a train wreck, right? I know. I was just the, sitting there like, "Don't do it." Oh tell my your god. Parents that poor, first. That at poor least kid. So hopefully he'll tell his parents first. Hopefully he will. They're having dinner on their last night with uh, with the Double Ds. Yeah, suddenly Don, they just can't get enough of Don and Donna. That was so funny. It was wonderful. It was kind of lovely to have these other two people involved in their relationship, too, because you see how they relate, like we were talking about before, in the right. context of coupledom. Valerie leads a toast to her new spiritual leader, Donna. I would like to make a toast. To my new spiritual leader, Donna. I've been called many things, but never that. Well, you are now. Listen, thank you, okay, from me, from the comeback, from my new out loud and proud friend, Raul. Raul. <laughs> Salud. 
They're warm and fuzzy. They're having a good time. And I think Valerie's happy. Like, she's happy. I think she is, too. And I think she's sort of turned a corner at this moment. Yeah. She's got a little bit of perspective. She may <laughs> only have, like, a small modicum, but she thinks she just has finally become self-actualized and achieved enlightenment, thanks to Donna. Until... You know what? I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm thinking about Mark's butt again. What about Mark's butt? I don't know. It, it was memorable. I'm th- I, In a good way? I don't know. All right. Would you like to talk more about I Mark's think butt? <laughs> Tell me more about Mark's butt. Are you contemplating the smoothness of the butt? It was very smooth. I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've seen a lot of man butts in my life. I don't mean to sound like a whore, but it was, it was a very, it was just a very well-tended butt, I thought, for a man. Personal. Personal moments. Well, it's Mark's butt. So. It's Mark's butt. You know. So do you feel like it's a little bit of your butt now? <laughs> <laughs> I've almost, like, I'm afraid I'm going to dream about it. Like, and then you have, you know, you have one of those, you have like a sex dream. And, uh, and you wake up and you feel like you were sort of actually with that person and you're embarrassed, like, if you might run into them. That you had, like, you know, okay, just me. Personal. <laughs> personal moment. We can go back to the restaurant now. I had one of those dreams about Howard Stern many years ago, although I was never afraid that I was going to run into him. I thought it was Abe Vigoda you had one of those dreams about. No, but that would have been fascinating. We did have an Abe Vigoda thing. Oh, yes, that's right. that film we want to make. Oh, we should still make that film. Make. That's right. It's still funny to me. It is still funny. So... While they're at dinner, while they're wrapping up, a call comes through for Valerie. Oh, it's Juna. I should say hi. Juna James. Hi, baby girl. Can you hear me? the kids from the show. Hey, Valerie, are you coming? Coming where, dear? I'm in Palm Springs. Oh, that's why you're not here. Where? At Polly G's party. Oh. Are you having fun? Who's there? Oh, the whole cast and Tom and some of the writers. You know, Polly was so cute trying to make us all relax about the retooling thing. Oh. <laughs> all right. Sounds like fun. But um, like I said, I'm out of town relaxing with Mark, so. <laughs> that explains it. Because I asked Polly where you were, and he's all joking like, oh, she's not invited. <laughs> okay. All right. Listen, um, I'm in the middle of dinner. So uh, when I get home, I'm going to call you, okay? Okay. Have fun. I miss you. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Uh- and it's Juna calling to ask where she is. She's not at Polly G's party, and Juna seems very confused. Why are you not here? Very yeah. confused. The whole cast and crew is there. Polly G wanted to throw a party to help everybody relax about the retooling. And she very sweetly tells Valerie that she misses her. And it sounds genuine. I think it is always genuine. It sounds with Juna. very I'm genuine. I'm starting to feel that Juna's not a bitch. Juna reports that she thinks Polly G is joking when she asked why Valerie wasn't coming, and Polly G said that she wasn't invited. But Juna just doesn't see that. And but I that wonder. That she shouldn't say that and call Valerie. Right. Does Juna sincerely just not get it? Is she that sort of naive? I or... think she is. Because, I, I, yeah, I, I'm not getting the impression that she's malicious or insightful no, at I all. No, I think she really wanted Valerie there. And I think she was always also really relieved when Valerie said, oh, no, I'm in Palm Springs, you know. And perhaps also Juna just 
can't believe that anybody would be as big of a dick as Polly G is being or would be that big of a dick to Valerie. Donna, Valerie's new guru. <laughs> Spiritual guru. Spiritual guru. And I got to keep both my tits. Sees very clearly that Valerie's upset and not expressing it, not letting it out, as she's already been told to do. And Donna knows that if you hold it back, you're going to get cancer or something terrible. You're going to get sick. And she, again, advises Valerie to get it out, get it out somehow. And they all just keep drinking. <laughs> so she said, then I advise that we just keep drinking. We drink a lot more. <laughs> more drinks. After dinner, Mark and Valerie are walking back to their room and they are crossing through the pool area. Stumbling. They are very drunk. They are very drunk. And they look like they're having a good time. It's cute. It is really cute. Valerie very drunkenly approaches the pool chair, the coveted (laughs) pool chair, laying herself down lovingly. I'm getting the chair. Mark reminds her that they are leaving in the morning and she is determined she's going to Get the chair, come hell or high water. She has to sleep there, and he sort of blows her off and is like, All right, you hang out with the chair, I'll be back in five minutes. Like, he just knows she. And needs you know, more. I didn't expect him to come back. I really, my feeling was that we were going to find her there in the morning, passed out. Yeah, but like other moments in this show, even though that feels like what's going to happen next, I also am not surprised when it doesn't. Right. Because he, Well, they pleasantly surprise us a they lot. They pleasantly surprise us. While she's there by him, herself and Mark has gone back to the room to give her five minutes alone to make peace with the chair she never knew, like a child given away, she takes out her cell phone and drunk dials Polly G. Well, she can't, so then Jane does it. And Jane does it. Jane says, here, I'll do it. Jane does it because, of course, it's going to be great television. I want to call him. I can't find him. I want to call Polly G. I'll do it. Okay. Look under F for fatty. <laughs> Did you hear that? It's ringing. Oh. Okay. This is Polly G. This is Valerie, Valerie Cherish. And word on the street is that you had a party. Fatty had a party. Fatty had a party and nobody came. No, 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 no. Problem is that everybody came and I wasn't invited. And that hurts my feelings. Okay? And you need to know that. Because I'm not going to keep it inside and get cancer. Okay. I'm just going to wait until I can enjoy my chair. Here is the passive aggressive <laughs> moment oh. where Valerie reveals herself because they can't find, Jane can't find Polly's number. <laughs> and she says, Look under F for fatty. (laughs) And starts laughing. Oh, oh my God. That was so cute. Because you can tell she kind of feels mean about it, but she also is just being silly. And And you know what? He's always so mean to her, and we think she just lays down and takes it. And now we've just learned she personally, you know, 
feels that he is just horrible. Yeah, absolutely. And she gives it back in her own way. She may be holding back from exploding on him, but she is definitely expressing her unpleasant feelings for him in ways that are comfortable for her. Fatty had a party. Fatty had a party. <laughs> Everyone came and I wasn't invited. Fatty. <laughs> and she admits on the message, even though she's got a smile on her drunken face, that he hurt her feelings and that she's not going to keep it inside anymore and get cancer. <laughs> she hangs up and passes out laughing. She's just sort of laughing and just falls down on the chair and then did Mark you, did comes Did you have out. a moment where you like pictured Paul G listening to that message? Yes. Yes. And he doesn't care at all, I'm sure. Probably not, but I had one of our moments where we cringe, where we're afraid our don't go into the basement moments. Yes. <laughs> when she was leaving that message. Like, oh god, no, don't do it, don't do it. Because yeah. it's just more fuel for him to hate her. Right. It's like you are now taking the shit show or the hate show and you're going to make it the hate storm. I know. But I thought she was very restrained and clear. Yeah. And you hurt my feelings. You had a party. You didn't invite me. It hurt my feelings. You dick, basically. And I thought she was really clear. And I kind of, I, I was proud of her. I had a proud moment there. You're proud of your family. I was very proud of her. I felt like maybe she was growing a little bit. We'll see. So the next day they're driving home and they are hungover and they look at... Oh, they were hurting. Have you had those oh, drive... Oh, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, weird. the worst. Not for so many years. No. Why not... are we so grown up, Jenny? But, <laughs> but there's still that, even though I don't drink and party like I used to, there's still that vacation hangover regardless yes. when you're leaving there's so yeah. much excitement on oh, your way there yeah. and then you're on your way back especially when you're driving like in LA like from Santa Barbara or Palm Springs mm -hmm. or one of these places you can go in a day for a weekend and it's the weekend's over all the excitement of the trip has passed you hope that it's all worked out and you've had as good of a time as you could but you're tired hungover thinking about what's coming next enjoying the luxury of the Lincoln Mercury Navigator. Hi, Bill Hartwig, press rep, Lincoln Mercury. Bill Hartwig, press rep, Lincoln Mercury. Bill Hartwig, press rep, Lincoln Mercury. Beautiful day for a drive. They are going home and Valerie puts in a CD. She's determined she's gonna listen to music. She very defiantly turns around. And like a bad little girl when she's putting that CD in. Like, you can't stop her. We can't play music. We, we can't afford it. Mm. I'll pay. It's not me. I want you to want me. How about the quality of those Navigator Cinema Quality? I swear to God, I will pull over and put you out onto the side of the road. She doesn't give a shit. She's not driving back two more hours, not listening to music. And Mark, you just see his face in the rear view, and he's smiling and proud of her. I loved that moment. That was so good. You could see he was also like, yeah, that's my lady. Yeah. And I wonder if she is more tough like that 
when the cameras aren't on her or in former incarnations, like how he saw her, where she had some pride or self-respect or voiced her expectations. And You know why else he probably looked happy? Because he probably got laid. And he was sitting on that tushy. <laughs> he was sitting on It's that. probably really cushy. To that smooth that tushy. tushy. That smooth. Smooth and rounded. And the Lincoln Mercury Navigator seats. <laughs> self-warming really, seats. Self-warming really seats. Really cuff your buttocks. They really do. They hold it like a gentle, gentle hand. So the I song is... I want a warm, gentle hand on my tushy while I drive. <laughs> it's your choice. Everybody okay. to him, him or herself. The song is I Want You to Want Me by, is it Cheap Trick? I want you to want me. Which is a great choice. And <laughs> Not when I sing it. <laughs> and I loved her hand across the seat and she's just playing with Mark's hair as he's yeah. driving. And just a very They're like real teenagers. Moment. Yeah. And like a married couple too. They still are like in love. That's the end of the episode. As the credits start to roll, the music is playing. They are in silence, which is unusual. Usually the end of the episodes, the credits, there's a scene going on and there's dialogue or testimonial something, but it's quiet. And you just see the beautiful California landscape passing outside the windows and we're out. This episode was directed by Michael Lehman and written by Linda Wallum and Michael Patrick King. So he was back for this. Any other overall thoughts or feelings on this episode? I love this episode. I thought we had a really good insight into their marriage. I thought we saw parts of Valerie that we haven't seen before. And, of course... Mark's tushy? No. Damien Young's tushy! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the tushy was great. I thought Donna was great. I loved... Seeing Valerie in Palm Springs with the gaze, even for a moment, I thought that was a good... Yeah, and you know what else I really noticed again in this episode, and this may sound really surfacy, she is a really great figure. Absolutely, there she is with the sarong. Yeah, but I mean, she was walking in in those pair of little tight jeans, and she's tiny. She's very small. She's a beautiful woman. She's not that old. Right. You really get the sense from her that she feels old and aging at certain points in time compared to other people. But as the viewer, we're looking at her and thinking, she looks great. Yeah. She's totally a hottie. What other thing? I love the Lincoln Navigator guy. I love them sort of telling him to fuck off by the end. Oh, he was great. Hi. Bill Hartwick. Press rep. Lincoln. Hi. Bill Hartwick. Press rep. Lincoln. Hi. Bill Hartwick, press rep, Lincoln Mercury. Uh, Beautiful day for a drive. He was great. I love how he just always popped up out of nowhere. Like, how? where was he? <laughs> where was he for the rest of the trip? Did he have his own room? Was he staying in their room? I, like, where, how did he always get there? And did the, did Lincoln Mercury pay for their trip to Parker? And do you think he stood Jane? Oh, well, now you're Don't just. Don't you wondering? I wonder about Jane's life sometimes. Jane's life is Valerie's life well, right now. Well, we know she has a puppy. Well, she has a puppy now, unless she's pawned off on someone else. That poor puppy. So the next episode, episode nine, Valerie will be hanging out with the cool kids. It's Can't Valerie wait. hangs out with the cool kids. And we hope you'll join us for that. And maybe we'll have some more personal moments. We will die. Yes. There's one thing we can guarantee. 
And we're looking Marcy's forward to personal moments. We're looking forward to the premiere. It's coming up shortly. Very so. soon. Very yeah. exciting. It will definitely air before this episode will be posted because of my uh, slow editing skills. But it's happening. It's all happening, people. Cool. Woo! <laughs> Lincoln Navigator handles beautifully. That's fantastic.